Okay. Um, and our speaker tonight is Angela. Hey everyone, I am Angela G. I am a compulsive overeater and a bulimic, uh, recovering one day at a time here. Um, I am super duper nervous. I'm looking at all of these beautiful faces, many of whom I've had lovely conversations with and I'm getting to know. So it really is helping to, um, to make this, safe really, this space really safe for me. So thank you for that. Um, thank you, Subin, for asking me to speak. Um, and I chose this week uh, because I wanted to choose a story. And what I thought I would do is um, the story that I chose was acceptance was the answer. And what I thought I would do is weave a little bit of it into my share. Um, I'm going to break it down, what it was like and how I used to think. Uh, what happened and how it is now and what I do instead of what I used to do. So, yeah, so I'm bringing higher power in with me here uh, just to calm my nerves and to assure me that this is safe um, to be here with all of you. Um, so, yes, uh, I felt it was important to step up and share and speak in this meeting uh, claim my seat uh, and earn your trust. Um, I am a compulsive overeater um, and uh, that is something that came to me very young. Uh, I believe I was probably born a compulsive overeater. Um, I uh, grew up in a household I had, I'm not gonna get into a lot of my childhood stuff at all, uh, but it, just to kind of set the, set the groundwork here. Um, I grew up, I had, I have four sisters. Um, I grew up, uh, you know, with a mom uh, who has mental illness. Uh, it was a rather dysfunctional home. It was um, very um, unpredictable and, uh, and you never quite knew what was gonna happen next. Um, my dad was pretty non-existent. So he had no part in the parenting really. So my mom called the shots. Um, I remember, learning dishonesty from a very, very young age. Uh, it was expected that we were always doing the wrong thing. And that was, um, so I rose to that occasion, right? So I learned to lie very early. Um, I would be caught in lies um, very quickly and, um, and I would uh, deny uh, what I had done, um, just bold faced lies. Um, so dis dishonesty was learned definitely at a young age. I grew up with a punishing God. Um, and so I've had to really rewrite my idea of what a higher power is for myself. Um, I learned to comfort very early with food. Uh, and what that looked like was, um, you know, I, everybody was kind of in the household. They were all in self-preservation mode. We didn't, I, don't, I didn't get the sense that my sisters were there to help me at all. Um, so we were all just in it for ourselves. Um, and I just remember, um, you know, that I was the one that finished everything on the table. My mother didn't want to put leftovers away, right? So she would just keep plopping it in my plate. And to please her, right, to not make any waves, I would just eat it all. And that, I think that really started um, some of this behavior that um, became, in the beginning, it really was um, binging, incredible binging. Um, when I was, uh, you know, 
throughout my childhood. I remember, you know, just going down to the kitchen and um, just finishing off things, certainly being worried, you know, that I'd get caught, but I didn't care, um, eating sleeves of things. Um, when uh, I finally went to college, uh, I had a roommate that was uh, bulimic and I learned about purging. So that's what I um, started doing was I was binging and purging. I thought that was such a perfect solution to not gaining weight. Um, there was something in my household that said that being overweight was not a good thing. Um, and there was always about appearances in our, in our childhood home. So uh, it was, uh, you know, I learned that uh, dysfunction felt very comfortable for me. So I was always drawn to relationships that would pretty much crash and burn. Um, and uh, because of what I saw growing up, I was, um, I just, I gravitated like a moth to the light to whatever was dysfunctional. Uh, I made all of my partners as an adult, uh, God. Um, I was always getting to everybody's business, my families, um, my uh, partners, um, just blaming everybody um, for all of my problems. Um, there's a part in this particular reading that says, if you had my problems and my responsibilities, you would drink or eat too. So that victimhood started really early on that uh, I wasn't gonna take responsibility and it wasn't my fault. Nothing was my fault. Um, so let's see. So uh, these relationships continued. What brought me into my first program 10 years ago, uh, and that was the relationship program, uh, was that I was in a, another dysfunctional relationship, um, but this one uh, was different because um, uh, the way I would leave that relationship was I would, um, you know, leave my partner, uh, the two children uh, that I came to love and know and, uh, and consider my own, and our home. That was my bottom in that program. And, uh, you know, all the while that, you know, all of this dysfunction is going on, I'm still in the food, completely in the food. Uh, when I came into that program, I had a feeling I had a real issue with my food, but wasn't really ready to address it. Um, I certainly, um, you know, went to OA, but I ran out the door, scared the hell out of me. Uh, it really felt, it felt way too strict. I couldn't imagine. Um, I certainly wasn't ready, but I just couldn't imagine um, I, was, I was not ready to surrender at that point for sure. Uh, my life would continue, more dysfunction, more relationships. Um, and what happened really, what brought me in here, two things, what brought me into OA uh, for this time is that I um, really could not go very deep in that program anymore because of my use of the food. So I kept self-medicating and uh, it just stalled me completely in my, in my 12 step work. Um, and the other thing that started happening because of my binging, uh, I wasn't purging anymore because I was being threatened with a detached retina. Uh, so I figured, okay, so it's purging and it's, um, you know, I'm just gonna uh, deprive myself, right? I'm gonna restrict. So that's how I, that's how I managed my weight throughout my adult life. Uh, but when I was faced with a hiatal hernia, uh, uh, reflux, um, severe reflux, uh, cholesterol medication, and pre-diabetic, um, you know, uh, diagnosis, uh, scared the hell out of me, you know, and that's what brought me in, you know, a combination of really knowing that this was, 
not working for me anymore. You know, like the gig was up, like it was going to be a slow, painful death and it, and it was going to take me down, you know? And so um, what I, what I like to say about coming into OA, um, it, it has meant a complete surrender this time. Uh, there's a willingness and an, an acceptance of my utter powerlessness over this twisted thinking that I've had uh, my whole life. I've thought that I'm gonna, it's gonna be different. You know, I'm gonna manage it. It's, you know, I'm not gonna do it tomorrow. Uh, next month is gonna be different. Next year is gonna be different. The next relationship's gonna be different. And it all just kept repeating and repeating and repeating. And I just, just had no control um, over anything. Uh, so, you know, admitting this for the first time in my life, really admitting it um, now offers me a daily reprieve. I actually feel like, you know, I get to breathe now on some level. Um, and that's just one day at a time, right? I know that I could pick up tomorrow. I know I could pick up today. Uh, it just is a daily reprieve based on how well I'm working this program and these steps and how spiritually fit I am. Um, there's also um, the point uh, where believing, actually believing that there's a solution to this problem and defining this power um, source for myself. There again, it was a punishing God. So I had to really rewrite my story. And when I was asked to write out, um, you know, what, would my higher power look like if I were to design it myself? It would be accepting and loving and forgiving and non-judgmental. And, uh, and that is my higher power. You know, I've heard people refer to their higher power as their coach. Um, I love that, you know, that I'm side by side with my higher power. We're doing things together. I'm not ever alone anymore. Um, I would say that uh, turning it all over, um, you know, takes trust and faith that I never really had. I never really knew who to trust. And I certainly didn't have faith in anything. Um, you Ten know, minutes. So, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I heard in this program uh, that faith is our currency in this program. And I love that. It so resonates for me. Um, if we don't have faith, I don't, we, I don't know how to manage this process if I don't have some type of faith in something. Um, the honesty that it finally took for me to own my part and also um, own, you know, be responsible for the harm that I caused was huge in working this, um, working this program. Uh, it has taken integrity on some level to admit to another person um, and to myself the exact nature of my wrongs. Uh, this entire willingness to have my defects removed, um, the humility it's taken to ask for these defects to be removed. These are the things I'm learning in this program and that I've learned. Compassion for myself and for others to actually make that list of those people that I harmed and uh, to love others and myself and ask for forgiveness for the things that I've done. Uh, the perseverance to continue looking at my part and to know if I've caused harm or, caused harm or not. Uh, the spiritual awareness, seeking connection with my higher power and asking God, what would you have me be? And finally, the surrender process of having my pride and my self-righteousness 
being removed um, and being serviced, being of service to others and asking daily, many times a day, how can I be useful to others? So I wanted to read some things from this um, chapter, which really um, resonated for me. Um, in the hospital, I hung on to the idea I'd had most of my life that if I could just control the external environment, the internal environment would then become comfortable. This is this twisted thinking. If I could just control all of these things, I could make sense of it all. Uh, once I was uh, uh, convinced, it helped me a great deal, great deal to become convinced that compulsive overeating was a disease, not a moral issue, that I had been eating as a result of a compulsion, even though I had not been aware of the compulsion at the time. At last, acceptance proved to be the key to my compulsive overeating problem. When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer, the problem went away. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. And what needs to be changed in me are my attitudes. Um, my serenity is inversely proportional to my expectations. The higher my expectations of other people, the lower is my serenity. And when I place more value on my serenity and sobriety than anything else, I can maintain them at a higher level, at least for the time being. I do whatever is in front of me to be done and I leave the results up to God. However, it turns out that's God's will for me. So those were some of the very poignant um, passages that I took from this. What I'd love to share now in my remaining time is just some of what acceptance looks for me today in program. It didn't, didn't look like this, um, but there has been um, many awakenings for me in, in, in working this program, which uh, looks very, very different than working my other programs. Certainly my, my credits did not transfer over to this program. Um, my way was no longer working, uh, if there are so many who are recovering, then maybe, just maybe, it could work for me. These are some of my new beliefs. Food never was the problem. It was my solution. I relied on it to deal or not deal with all of my built-up emotions. This physical allergy to my alcoholic foods combined with this twisted mental state is the real problem. OA is not about the food anymore. That was quite a, revolution, uh, a revolutionary thought for me. Um, abstinence plus working these steps and using these tools on a daily basis is how I'm recovering today. This disease is progressive in nature and so is this recovery process. The more I do to keep spiritually fit and to be useful, the more energized I become. Sitting still with my higher power is a comfort now. It's about this relationship with a loving power that has always provided me with what I've needed. This program has offered me a new way to live consciously and honestly, and is all about relationships with my higher power, with myself and with others. Five minutes. Thank you. Uh, being useful and being of service to others is my work now. I'm not an authority on anything. 
And I only show up with my own experience and share what it's been like for me. Uh, living in steps 10, 11, and 12 means I ask higher power for guidance, get out of my own way, show up differently and be of service to others. The answers come only if I'm willing to ask the questions. So real quickly, I just wanna share um, that I went down to my childhood home for Thanksgiving. And uh, this was my first abstinent um, uh, visit to that home um, with my family members. And what I'll say about it is that um, I was completely abstinent. I showed up whole, I uh, remained whole, and I left whole. I didn't, um, I didn't fracture myself. I didn't lose myself walking in there. I stayed connected with my fellows and with my higher power, with my meetings. It was, it was remarkable actually that it was, it was remarkable that I was able to do that. Um, really feels like something very different is happening on a cellular level for me right now. Um, for today, living consciously feels like a spiritual awakening. And for today, true acceptance um, really feels like a spiritual experience to me. Um, it has been an honor to share in this room. Um, it, um, you know, everybody here has modeled for me what it's like to recover and um, address issues that I have not known how to address. And, uh, you know, I think together we heal, I think together we heal each other, you know, and um, I will just say that I have three sponsees at this point. I've been abstinent for almost eight months. Uh, and every day I have the gift of, of hearing what I need to hear when I talk to them. Um, just, I'm gonna end with this because this is higher powered completely. Uh, when my sponsor uh, and I finished our intensive work together, uh, she said, go ahead, start sponsoring. And I was pretty, I, I was not confident in being able to do that. And then we had Barbara E come to this group and she talked about her sponsoring guide. And she was able, she said she would offer it to anybody. I asked her to send it to me. Um, do you know, within two days of receiving that from her, three people, three abstinent OA members um, reached out to me and I'm, those are the three that I'm sponsoring right now. And I have to tell you, if that isn't God guided, I don't know what is, um, you know, I decide to hand this stuff over every day. I am in awe of how this program works. It is certainly a new way to live. And um, you all inspire me um, with every single day, every single meeting. And um, I'm just honored to share this space with you. So thank you. Thank you, Angela, very much. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. Um, as this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept these guideline, uh, this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. 
If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, uh, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? First up, we have Anne L. Hi, my name's Ian. I am a compulsive overeater. Um, great to be here with everyone. Angela, you nailed it. <laughs> you did a wonderful job. I am grateful I was here to listen to your story. Um, I related an awful lot, um, the dysfunction and all of those things, relationships. Um, I've been there. And um, acceptance is the key and the more i accept me and the world as it is the better life is and i can live life on life's terms and um you know i i can't say enough about what you said you struck me from so many different angles i you know i'm, I'm kind of speechless so i i'm done sharing because you got it all the way around thank you so much that's all I have. Thank you, Ann. Leslie, your hand is up. Do you want to share? Yes, thank you. Okay. Thank you, Angela, that, that really touched me. Thank you so much. I was just saying to, um, in an outreach call, I think with Elena, that um, I hadn't heard about uh, the acceptance um, story in a long time and you know we were talking about it and then you said it tonight and I just like smiled from ear to ear it was just like so fun to hear you say it and um when when I when I came to program the acceptance is the answer to all my problems today was on page 449 and now in the fourth tradition it's or in the fourth edition it's on 417 and honest to god that was one of the hardest things for me to accept I lost it. I was so angry that they moved the acceptance uh, to another page. You know, why couldn't they move something else? I had memorized that it was on 449 and I wanted it to be there forever. And, you know, this is just the classic issue with me is that I struggle with acceptance. And um, I, I, appreciated um, the methodical way that you walked us through. Uh, and I can imagine if someone's new to this meeting tonight and they listen to that uh, pitch, they would see this linear progression of recovery, which is so reassuring and, um, and has so much of a, um, so much gratitude embedded in it. And uh, on 449 in the third edition, and acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. 
And what I've discovered in this abstinence is that I, um, I always want to take a hostage when I am in my food. I just want to take a hostage. Anybody who will take the heat and the focus off of me. And I have had to fall into acceptance uh, because it doesn't match my self-concept. My self-concept is I'm loving and kind and generous. And I'm the only one who is in pain when I'm in my food. Because I'm a secret eater, nobody knows. Well, that's just ridiculous. And I have lived with that my whole life, believing every time I relapse, I believe that I'm the only one who knows and the only one who's suffering. So I am learning uh, very painfully at, at times, but with as much gentleness as I can give myself. Gentle reminder. That I need to be gentle. Thank you. And I need to stop talking. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Leslie. Next up, we have Stephanie S. Hi, guys. This is Stephanie, compulsive eater and bulimic in Florida. Um, I'm super grateful to be here on this meeting. And Angela, that share was amazing. And as soon as you said that you were going to be talking about acceptance was the answer, my heart fluttered. Um, this story, when I first read it, I, I feel like it, it actually changed my life. Um, when I read my serenity is inversely proportional to my expectations, I realized that that has been one of the defining issues of my life. I've had these expectations. I want people to do things my way. I want things to go my way. I want to be in control. I'm extremely impatient because I want people to act, not only to do what I want them to do, but to do it at the pace that I want them to do it. Um, and I grew up being taught that high expectations were a good thing, you know, that we wanted to have high expectations. We want people to succeed and, and, and do your best and maybe not be perfect, but really like make straight A's and all these things. And so at first I was like, lower my expectations. Like, isn't that a bad thing? But that's not what this is about. This is about understanding that we can't control the outcome. Um, and I feel like as I've, as I've worked the steps, I have really prayed for help with this and it's, it's working. I mean, I, I noticed that I can look at scenarios now and have patience when I never could before. It's not, it's definitely not perfect. I still feel impatient sometimes. Um, but just the idea, and I remind myself of this, I say, you know, Hey, if you have high expectations and you expect people to act the way you want them to act, you are not going to be serene. You're going to be impatient. You're going to be restless, irritable, and discontented. Um, so yeah, the story really, it, that message really has had a massive impact on me. And I'm so thankful that this story is in the book. And I really appreciate it, Angela, that you um, spoke from it today. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Steph. Next up, we have oh, Nancy Z. Can you hear Nancy? I think she just came back in, Nancy. No? All right, sorry. Let me try one more time to unmute her. Hi, hey. sorry about that. I looked up at my screen and I was frozen. <laughs> so I had to restart. Um, I'm Nancy, recovered compulsive eater bulimic, and just so grateful to be here tonight to hear Angela share 
Um, thank you so much, Angela. Um, you know, it is it, it, that I'm with um, Leslie. You know, it was on page 449. That's the official acceptance, right? Um, but I don't care where it's at in the big book. It's still an incredible, um, incredible story and has so much, um, so many gems and, and gems in there, words of wisdom. Um, so acceptance is the answer to all my problems today is always what I go back to. I, uh, last week was a pretty much a mess for me. I was not accepting life on my terms. I was resentful and angry about a lot of things. Um, and I was crying at the drop of a hat and, um, by the grace of God. And I didn't have to pick up over it. I did not have to eat over it. I just cried when it came to, to time to cry, I cried, you know, and when someone would say, what's the matter? I'm like, I have no idea, but I'm just going to cry. And I trust that God, there's something going on. You know, when I'm like in that vulnerable place, there's shift, shift, a shifting movement, something is moving in my life. And I trust in that today. And um, today I'm, I'm great. You know, over the weekend, I got some things resolved. But it, what it boiled down to is there are a couple things, well, many more than a couple things that I'm just not liking. And someone on this meeting uh, gave, gave us a prayer, told us a prayer, and I used it. And basically that prayer is, God, I don't like what's going on one bit. I do not like it at all. And, uh, and just being able to say, it, say that and be real and be honest was freeing. It really did free me up to then accept what was going on. And when I accept things and I turn it over to God and let go of it, um, you know, nothing really changes on the outside. The situations are still the same, but I have a peace inside. And I don't have to try to manipulate, control, figure it out anymore because it, that's God's job. My job is just to show up and do the work and, um, and trust that I do believe God has a plan. And I believe that plan plays out in the moment, you know, that as I, as I step into God's will, his, his plan is working out. So just really, really grateful to be here tonight. Again, thank you, Angela. That was a great lead. I appreciate you and um, I'll pass. Thanks, Nancy. Next up we have Alina. Hey everyone, I'm Elena, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater and exercise bulimic in New York. Angela, that was incredible. Thank you for sharing so much of yourself with us um, and putting it in such a way that we all related to. And this is my absolute favorite chapter um, of the entire book. And um, it explained a lot of things to me. It explained that, like you said, this has nothing to do with the food. This never was about the food. And I didn't really know it at the time, but my problem was that I couldn't accept the fact that I'm not God. Like I couldn't accept that. I, at a very young age, and I too had a very similar um, upbringing as you with the dysfunction and you know, a very punishing God. So if God wasn't doing it the way that I wanted to, I had to swoop in. Like I had to take over. I had to take over life, what I needed for myself, how you should do it. Why is God doing it this way? And I think the greatest acceptance is, it says is key to my relationship with God today, because sometimes I can get so bogged down with doing it right, 
doing life the right way, um, having to be perfect, unable to make mistakes. And I keep like, and I would say to my sponsor, like, how do I, how do I know what God's will is? I don't know what God's will is to me. Well, it says right here. Um, I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever is in front of me to be done. And I leave the results up to him. However, it turns out that's God's will for me. So I have to continue to be in action. However, my life turns out that's God's will for me, because like it says before, and a few pages before, nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. And this chapter also um, helped me with my marriage because I can sit here and focus on everything wrong with my husband, literally everything wrong with my mother, everything wrong with my husband, everything wrong with, with life. But this chapter to me is telling me I have a choice. I can make a choice. I can be peaceful and serene, or I can be batshit crazy. And so I think now during, you know, as, as I recover and I'm still a baby in this program, it's, 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 I still have a problem with acceptance, but I can recover from it a lot quicker. And I think that's the real recovery. It's like, it's still happening. That's fine. But it's like the tiger lost its, you know, claws or, you know, whatever it said, it's like, you know, it's a little baby. It's not a big thing that takes me over now and I can recover a lot quicker. Um, so I just wanted to thank you for talking about this chapter and, um, and that's it. Thank you. Thanks, Elena. Um, Lita. Hi, Lita, compulsive overeater. Angela, thank you so, so much for um, choosing this as a story. This is a story that um, has called to me each and every time I've heard it. And you're sharing your story as it related to this and tied in just really help to illuminate the points on the way. Acceptance is the answer. And um, I came to this program really, really, really broken. I really related to your talking about all the health issues because I showed up here and I knew that I was like sort of, you know, large and probably in charge of a lot of many things that I was not in acceptance over. But in coming here, I was willing, I was desperate, I was clawing. And then, then I, re I read and learned about acceptance and I thought, oh God, this is so not what I do. This is so not where I've been pre-programmed. And this has made such an influence on me. And it's something that I turn to and read almost every day. This page and, and 552 seem to be like the bullet points of where I need to go. Um, I haven't been long enough for it to have been 449. It's always 417 for me. And um, yeah, it just proves to be the answer time and time again. And thank you for illuminating the lessons so very brilliantly tonight. I'm most grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Lita. Next up is Victoria W. Wait, did I do it? Yeah, okay. Hi. <laughs> Uh, Victoria W, Recover Compulsive Reader, Insulin Manipulator. Good to be here. Thank you so much for choosing this, this topic, um, Angela. And, and thank you for trusting us in this, in this space to receive that share. That was absolutely gorgeous. Um, you know, I was 
thinking I was like oh this is cool I'll just listen I don't really have anything to share but I don't know something you know then you know I always got to put my hand up and jump in there but I was like you know I love what was said about I can I can be serene or bad shit crazy because I just sort of felt like isn't that like it I just used to think that like that's how people were successful like I thought you would just terrorize yourself and the world around you and shake like almost like shaking a snow globe trying to get the you know like just be like you know like if I shake the eight ball enough eventually I'll get the answer that I want (laughs) and um it's super it's super crazy to realize that like um when I when I stop and I just surrender and I don't do any of that shit like I mean, most of the time, the same outcome that was going to happen anyway happens. And I'm like a lot more, uh, I'm a lot less cranky. I'm not on my spiral of a hamster wheel where I'm just like, look how far I'm running. And people are like, you're not, you're literally not going anywhere, you know? And that's, that it's what it's like for me being, being in disease and, and having moments of, of disturbance, um, and sometimes I even have moments of like, I should be surrendered quick, think, you know, concentrate and get surrendered. <laughs> like, And then I have to realize that like, that doesn't work either. And it's funny because I know we have a fellow in this group who, who always says, you know, surrender, surrender, surrender. And I'm like, yes, yes, let's do that. That's great. But then my brain is like, but how much do I need to surrender? Like, but how much? I feel like this is a good amount. I feel like this is a good amount. And so what I heard today and it's a good reminder is that there's always something else to give up, right? Whatever I'm clutching, whatever's got a hold on me or whatever I think I've got a hold on, like there's always something else to be released. And I don't have to get rid of it all at the same time. Like I don't have to, you know, I would love to picture myself being like Buddha praying on a mat, like with a candle, like that's what I want to be. That's what like, I think my serenity should look like. It, that's not, <laughs> if you know me, that's really unlikely to ever come true. <laughs> but I think the fact that each day, the willingness to have my fingers pry open a little bit more and let go, um, I'm just grateful for that journey. And, and you know, and to say, you know what, higher power, like if there's other things I need to do, show me and I may not like it, but you know, I'm willing, I'm willing to get there. So thank you for letting me share. I'll pass. Thanks, Victoria. Um, totally forgot to stop the recording. I'm going to do that.